Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello, I'm Alex Grodnick. You're listening to the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Today, we're talking with John Naster from a big podcast called Hack the Entrepreneur. John makes his living talking with some pretty incredible founders, and we get him to break down what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. I think you'll like it. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. Ooh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you have a podcast. It's called Hack the Entrepreneur. And usually on my podcast, I always start off with, hi, John, tell me about your life. How'd you get to where you are? I want to skip that question with you. I have so many questions about Hack the Entrepreneur, what you do, what it is, but uh, let's just hear directly from you. Tell us what it is and, and, uh, and what you do. Yeah, great. Uh, Hack the Entrepreneur. It's, um, it's a podcast, now blog, uh, and courses to help people sort of break out of um, their, their office jobs and desk jobs and uh, create side hustles and then turn them into um, full-on digital businesses so they can live that whole, you know, that, that lifestyle of laptop on a beach. Um, so it's, it's a podcast I started three and a half years ago, and I was actually only going to do 30 episodes. Um, that was just the plan because I was, um, had a software company at the time and I just wanted to just to do the podcast, just to do it, interview some smart people, talk to some smart people. Um, but after 30 episodes, it kind of took on a life of its own. So I decided I needed to, uh, I needed to see where I could push it and see how far I could take it. So that's what I did. I sold off the software and I started doing this full time. Um, so I podcast and I write and I create products. I love it. And I also love how each episode really has the hack, some actionable insight, some great takeaway uh, that listeners can use in their lives. Yeah, that was that was really something... Like from a marketing, I'm a marketer, I guess. So from a marketing perspective, I was trying, I wanted something that would keep you, keep you paying attention to the whole show. Um, and I wanted like thematically, like sort of old school radio where you always knew exactly which segment you were in. So the hack is something that I pull out from the conversation. And then I do a little quick essay sort of rant at the end about it um, with the idea that it's going to hopefully it'll keep people throughout the show and also trying to listen to see what I'm going to pull out for the hack. And then they can agree or disagree with me at the end, which is fine. But um, I just, I wanted to try and push people to, cause I know lots of people listening to podcasts, we get busy, we're doing things, we're walking our dog, jogging, working maybe. Um, and so 
I wanted to try and hopefully if I could incentivize people to pay a little bit more attention. Right. So you exemplify the audience that you're trying to get. You built a business and a brand around this content that you deliver, but you don't live on a beach. I assume you work more than four hours per week. Is that correct? Unfortunately so. I did live on a beach when I started the podcast. Um, and that has since, I, I can't live on a beach and have a podcast that publishes this much. Got it. So <laughs> funny. So really the core content is how to stop procrastinating, build a business and do work that matters. Uh, I like that tagline. Thanks. Um, so let's get into some of these hacks. You know, our listeners are hungry for it. Uh, you know, a lot of them are in their first job, in their second job, still in school, trying to figure out what's right for them. Uh, you know, in the ideation phase, how do you start thinking about what's right for you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so what's right for me and what's right for you, Alex, uh, is, is not right for the listener necessarily. And I think that's something that we really need to, we really need to, I think, really take in and trust that even what's right for me and what's right for the listener right today um, won't be probably right for us in five years. And that's totally fine and cool. I mean, the way our world changes, the way the economy changes, the rapid successions of all of it, it's, it's silly to try and plan out like exactly what you'll be doing in 20 years, because we have no idea what things are going to look like um, technologically in 20 years. And my game and probably your game is not to try and guess and read the future it's to just react within it and to be as successful as possible within what we have to play with um and so i mean steve jobs has a famous quote where we've seen um i think at stanford when he did the speech and it was something about how like none of this like your careers your life doesn't really make sense always going through it but when you do look back i mean this can be the same for anyone listening i mean if you look back on the last two years or five years or ten years of your life it doesn't always make sense going through it, but when you look back now, it's in hindsight, you can kind of connect the dots and see how you ended up to where you are now. Um, so to me, it's trying to decide what you want to be doing right now or in the next six months or a year, and then push towards those things. Because pushing towards things that might seem unlikely now will open up new doors to things that you will never could have assumed that even would be possible. Um, so the So just keep pushing forward and don't try and... Not that I don't want to tell you to not plan ahead of time, but um, it's our world doesn't exist within those times like our parents who could like get a job and work in the same job for 40 years. Um, it's just not like that anymore. And so we need to be able to react and sort of, I think it it should, it should, it pushes me and it should, it pushes a lot of people and it should push you out there listening to just go for bigger things, bigger things than you even think possible because they might not be possible today, but if you keep pushing um, in five or 10 years, you'll be astounded with what you accomplish. Right. And that's a common theme on this podcast. When I speak with immensely successful people, they never had some grand vision for their career. It's like, I got a job and didn't really know anything about the job. I started doing it. I saw something I liked in it. And I just, every day I did more of that. And then that led me to the next thing. And then I started the business and sold it to Google. Um, but it's never like, oh, I thought, I, I thought this whole thing was planned out since I've been 15 years old. So, okay. So that's the, that's the grand plan uh, illusion or misillusion, disillusion, I guess. Um, 
let's get into some of the entrepreneurial stuff. Like what are, what are mindsets that entrepreneurs, like what mindset could help someone in starting on this journey? Um, the biggest one you have to have is to believe in yourself and the business that you're creating. Uh, and this one might seem obvious and like, you can lack confidence in a lot of stuff. Like you can lack confidence in the fact that you know how to do everything because none of us know how to do everything, but you have to have confidence enough to execute in your vision. Um, in that realm, I, I agree that we should have mentors. We should have advisors. We should read and be educating ourselves at all times. But you, the entrepreneur, I mean, it's on you. You are the one responsible for it and your vision will never come to fruition or become real or tangible if you don't have the confidence in it yourself. And this is to forewarn you that if you haven't started a business before, or if you have, you know this, but if you haven't, you're going to have a ton of like naysayers and negative people around you who tell you it's not going to work. We're going to pick apart the smallest, tiniest detail in your idea and tell you that it's not going to work because of that. And I'm telling you now to have confidence in yourself and your idea and just ignore all of that. It's because it doesn't matter. And the reason why people do that is typically because they're envious or jealous of you because you are taking action on the things that you want to accomplish in life. Um, but learn to have confidence in yourself, even when you don't necessarily know what you're going to be doing in your business at the next stage or tomorrow even. Just execute today on the next thing that is in front of you. Um, and that's all you can really do. And it's, it's, it's a constant battle. As your business grows, scales, everything, you're at the front of something of this business that you've never been at the front of something this size or growing at this rate or hiring this many people or anything. And that's how every CEO, every founder ever is until you've done it once. And maybe you sell off that business and then you do it again. It's easier, but every single one of us at some point has been at the forefront and just trying not to like metaphorically get run over by your business as it grows. And you just have to, as the founder, stay in front of it um, and try and keep enough control of it. Um, and that just takes confidence in yourself and knowing that, Frig, like I got it here. I can get it there. It's that's fine. It just and I'll figure out when I need to what I need to figure out. Right. They say that venture capitalists, one of the huge attributes they look for in a founder is persistence, just not taking no, willing to break through wall after wall after wall because that's what it requires to Yeah, exactly. They they actually I've been told um I've had a couple of venture capital guys on and they tell me that they typically don't even invest in ideas. They invest in entrepreneurs um, and they will only invest in entrepreneurs who they don't quit. Um, they don't quit when they're tired. They don't quit when they were told no. They don't quit when somebody said that that can't happen. They don't quit when somebody said that their ideas sucked or they weren't smart enough or they weren't fast enough or quick enough. They only quit when they're done, when they've completely and utterly seen through with their vision. Um, that's the only time they'll quit. And that's the only time that a venture capitalist is going to give you money. Right. I, I think I heard you say on, on one of your podcasts that entrepreneurs are not born. They're created through mindset, hard work, and just desire. I, 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 I really like that. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. I think lots of us fall into the trap of thinking that if we weren't like, didn't have that crazy like lawn cutting business that we scaled to like 25 kids in our neighborhood at like age 11, that we just aren't born to be entrepreneurs. But most people scaling businesses this day and age weren't doing that. We were just 
goofing off when we were kids and now we've decided to step up and create something because you have to take the opportunity that is in front of us that's never really been around with like the internet internet and the way we can scale our dreams this quickly um and so I, you just got to step up and do it and then all of a sudden people look back and be like whoa she really is an entrepreneur that's pretty cool yeah so i want to get more into this just stepping up and doing it piece so say you got a job you're you know you're 21 you're an investment banker right out of school. You're working hard, long hours, but you want more. You want to be an entrepreneur. And you come home at, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night and, like, do I turn on Netflix now and drink a beer? Or do I, like, come up with ideas for a startup? That, that like, actual practicing, thinking of ideas and getting into the mindset of starting a business is totally, sometimes radically different. Yeah. It is. And don't get me wrong. I love to have a beer and watch Netflix. Uh, I just don't do it that often um, because it's it's a mindset shift that we have to make from um, consumer to the producer. Uh, so think about everything that you consume in your in your spare time, which whether it's a TV show, it's a video game, uh, it's a website that you just scroll through endlessly. All of those were created by somebody who produced them. And typically, the people who are producing those things have made a lot of money. They're traveling the world. They're living lavishly. They're doing whatever they want to. They're typically not just consuming other people's stuff because they're too busy producing stuff because that's where the money comes from. You produce value and consumers who make up most of the population pay those people to live the lives and to build the businesses that they want to build. So every website you go on, Tonight, every show you watch, every podcast you listen to, everything has producers behind it that are reaping the rewards of your consumption. So that's not to say not to ever watch Netflix and not to ever just have a beer and kick back. Of course, we all have to do that. But don't fall into the rut where that's all you ever do and all you ever do is consume. Because if you do, I mean, you can, but just know that you are making producers on the other end very wealthy and they're getting to do the things they want to do and build the businesses that they want to build. So that's it. Just pay attention. Like, I think once you start thinking about that, when you're watching Netflix for the third hour, then you start thinking about the people behind it and the fact that they're not sitting here for three hours watching this, they're actually on set somewhere else making the next one that they're getting paid $10 million to do. Because it's so much more fun to be creating stuff that people are consuming and to get paid really well for it. The next time you're scrolling through Instagram, know that it was just some dudes that created it and then Facebook bought it for, from them for like a billion dollars. It's the same as all of it. Everything you're using has just been produced by somebody else and that person is reaping the rewards of your consumption. So switch that way of thinking and start spending at least... 10 minutes a day, if that's what you have to start with, of just producing something of value out into the world, and then 10 minutes to half an hour to an hour, and then start that production into actually producing a business, a business that will be consumed by other people, and you will start to reap the rewards yourself. Oh, I, I love that, John. Is that a common thread with a lot of the successful entrepreneurs that you speak with as they just kind of tirelessly work on projects and you know maybe don't have quite the balance in their life yeah so there's there's a huge 
there's a huge variance, right? So there's this big world now of like digital nomads, um, solo entrepreneur people um, that have a laptop. They travel the world endlessly and they build cool, small, quote unquote, small businesses that can make anywhere from $50,000 a year to say two or $3 million a year. And they might have a VA or two, but they, but they don't work a whole lot. They're more busy traveling and having fun. Then there's the people who want to build real scalable businesses that have tons of employees and all that. Those people typically have to work more tirelessly than the others. But the common thread, Alex, between them is, is that we're not like, we're not staggered or daunted by the fact that every single thing you touch and feel and use and scroll through has been just made by some other dude or woman like you who just came up with the idea to create it. They're not smarter than you. They're not faster than you. They're not born into a better place than you. They might even be all worse off than all of that from you. They've just stepped up and started making stuff because it, it's not miraculous, these things. Like coming up with cool ideas and creating an app that gets used by 25,000 or 25 million people is not that outlandish anymore it's just not starting a podcast from i lived in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in canada when i started my show and the population of my town was like ninety thousand people and within like six months i had like one hundred and thirty thousand people listening to my show like way more than every single person in my town listening to me every time i talked that to me is kind of staggering kind of impressive um but it was just because i stepped up and did it and because i realized that Rather than just complaining that because where I am and because I had to work all the time that I couldn't do this like everybody else could that was getting to do a podcast and make a living doing it, I just did it. It didn't right. matter that I'd never interviewed anybody in my life. It didn't matter that I'd never like started a podcast. It didn't matter. I just did it. I did it to the best of my ability and it worked. And now three and a half years later, I'm sitting here doing this for a living. Yeah, one of the ideas that I really like is that no one knows what they're doing, especially in the beginning, but even in life, no one knows what they're doing. No one's an expert. You just start doing something. I was very similar to you. I had no idea how to make a podcast. I knew that I liked listening to them and I thought maybe I'll give this a try. Same, ex same exact thing. I haven't had the 130,000 people listen to it yet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but same kind of idea. You just start going one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, if you can just like work on the hard stuff, work on the stuff you're no good at, just push yourself to those, to do those things that you've never done before. And it'll push yourself to continually grow. And with that, you'll build things around you that also grow. Right. So we got that you were determined. We got that you are an efficient worker. Can you look back and like, are there other things in your career that have set you apart? Oh, are there other things? That's a good question. So to be clear, Alex, I'm not an efficient worker, um, but I'm aware of the 80-20. Uh, and I'm aware of the fact that I need to always be looking to like really distill down to that 20%. Um, I mean, I... I, I have ADD. It's something that I struggle with um, in my day to day. It's not, it's not that I'm hyper efficient and can get all this stuff done. It's just, I think, knowing my weaknesses and then making sure that those are handled by somebody else because I won't do them. But I'm not going to let that stop the fact of things that I want to do. I'm just going to have other people do those things that I can't do. Um, so besides that and just 
literally knowing that there's nothing that I can do today that's going to screw up so badly that it's going to destroy everything I've ever done in my life. Um, and that's no matter if I want to start a new, completely new venture today. And in six months, I realize that it's not going to work. It's just not viable. I know that I'm going to learn so much along that path that I'm going to take what I've learned from there and just turn it into and roll it into the next project. And I won't make those same mistakes again. Um, so I think it really is the fact that I've, I've, I've just learned to just keep doing things and to know that nobody around me is making all of the right moves. I mean, if we're reading their books, if we're reading their blogs, if we're listening to their podcasts, sometimes it sounds like they're making all of the right moves. That's because either a we're just confirmation biasing and ignoring all the stuff they've talked about before that they were doing and just they've stopped talking about it they've stopped talking about it because it didn't work and they just stopped doing it and talking about it and now they only really talk about the things that are working um it, or they're just like just trying so many different things endlessly that we just pick out the couple things or success actually just picks out the couple things from them and rolls those forward to us. Um, and I would say that with my book that I wrote, um, I would have to, I guess, equate that back to um, my father who I quoted at the very beginning, um, which says the only people who don't make mistakes are the ones who don't do anything. Um, and he told me that I think from like age three, whenever I would like screw something up and think that it was like the end of the world, you just like, the only way you wouldn't have done that if you would have just sat on your ass. And then that would have actually been worse than doing this because here's actually how you fix it. And it was never broken in the first place. Let's just carry on. And to me, that I think is sort of the essence or the epitome of why I've gotten to where I've gotten. Yeah. Uh, I've heard Dave Asprey on, on your podcast talking about um, recounting your biggest failures of the day, your biggest success of the day, and then your biggest failure of the day is kind of like a recap. And every day you should you should be failing. Right. Dave's a smart dude. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a good podcast. So two more questions. The first one's a happiness question, and the second one's the advice question. So happiness one, you get to speak with people like Dave. You, you get to be your own boss. What are some of the things that make you happiest about you know your life now? Uh, the fact that I get to not wake up to an alarm clock in the morning and that I get to have coffee uh, with my young daughter before she heads off to school. Yeah. How does she take her coffee? <laughs> she usually takes it as tea or just a bowl of shreddies. Um, and the fact that we can pick up and move for two or three months at a time to a different city if we want, or we can move completely. We actually, we live in Toronto now, but we just moved here uh, about a year, just over a year ago, uh, because it's a new city and we're slowly moving across Canada to different cities and try them out because of the fact that I work and it, the work comes from just a computer and I pushed hard and worked my ass off to get to here. Um, but now we have that freedom to sort of be where we want to, and also to really work when and where that I want to. Um, so to me, that is true happiness. That's great. Okay. So I'll get you out of here on this. Is there a resonant nugget that you can leave listeners with something from your career, something you've learned, uh, from your podcast, from your guests, anything like that? Um, yeah, that I would love you to push forward and sort of take chances because I, I honestly believe in this lifetime that to succeed and to like do, to accomplish the things we want to accomplish to any 
honest entrepreneur um, of any magnitude of business that they own that is successful will tell you that there was a huge amount of luck involved with that. Um, and that wasn't necessarily because they were born lucky. Like, yes, all of us, all of us here and listening are are born lucky in the fact that we are born in a time where we can actually do these things um, with the internet and we can travel and do whatever we want and start businesses. But we really have to create our own luck. Um, because like so-called lucky people aren't necessarily getting more advantages than other people um, and the universe doesn't really favor them. They're just putting themselves out there more and doing more things by creating more connections um, and trying more stuff. It kind of leads to other people, to other projects, to the next sort of step. And this is sort of the best way to interpret luck rather than thinking that, Oh, that person's lucky. Think about actually that person worked their butt off and created their own luck so that they happen to be at the right time or the right dinner table with the right other entrepreneurs at the right time when this business was being formed. Um, that's because they had already pushed themselves to be there. It's not because somebody handed it to them. It's not because they just happened to be born into it. Um, and yes, obviously there are those cases, but ignore those. The rest of us just have to push and work and that allows us to really get lucky. Lots of people can look at you and say, oh, wow, you're so lucky because you get to do this, John. It's like, really? Am I really lucky? Or did I actually just work for three years, have a full-time job, and also build a business on the side? And now, yeah, I guess you could say I'm lucky. But at the time, you told me I was really unlucky and that that really sucks that you would ever even do that. But now, for the rest of my life, you're going to tell me I'm lucky. So that's cool. So the thing is just push it Create your own luck because nobody's going to create it for you um, and then reap the rewards and rub it in their faces for the rest of time. <laughs> well, I certainly like. You said that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, I love it. The message is great. Thanks so much for talking with us. Hey, absolutely. My pleasure, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this one. I hope you enjoyed it. But let me know either way. I would love to get some feedback. We'll be back in two weeks with another pod. Thanks.